Hey, all, welcome to the Common Good Podcast. There's the promised Rob Ryer C that we uh, talked about in the opening <laughs> scene. Uh, hey, welcome to uh, to this uh, fabulous Tuesday. It is uh, January 23rd uh, already. Man, seriously. I know it's old guy talk, but come on. I mean, we're, we're well into the first month of the 24th year of the millennia. Or is it the 23rd year or the 25th year? I don't know. That zero year, Rob, just still has me has me pondering. You know, that big question, yeah. well, what, what year it is? What year are we in? Yeah. Hey, what I we do know, know is... But it is election day. It's election, it's election day. day. That, that we do know, no matter how they try mm-hmm. to... So all over the country, people trying to steal elections, apparently. Um, so keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> like uh, toothpaste at a CVS. They're uh, just going to sneak in yep. there. Lock your car doors. People are <laughs> looting elections. <laughs> Election looters. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think we're on to something. Uh, like like checking with the weather, Rob. Uh, here in Minneapolis, a cloudy sky day, but it's going to mm. be like 38 degrees uh, here mm. today on the 23rd of January. Yeah. Well, yesterday here in squirreled out some outside somewhere outside of our Fayetteville, Arkansas, or however that phrase goes. Um Yesterday we had freezing rain that uh, closed school again. Um, again, yes. Uh, Whimsy was off much of last week uh, because of snow here in Arkansas. Uh, went back to school on Thursday and Friday. Um, though Springdale schools were open, Fayetteville schools were closed on Thursday, oh. much to the chagrin of some of my friends whose kids go to Fayetteville schools. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Whimsy went back to school uh, on Thursday, Friday, and then Monday was off because of uh, icy road conditions. But she is back in school today because it's in the 40s and raining, hmm. and, uh, you know, roads are fine. So, you know, this, this crazy weather, it's been super cold all over the United States of America this year, as we experienced, which we'll probably chat a little bit about last week in Iowa. Uh, absolutely just dangerously <laughs> bitter cold, like putting fuel yeah. in that big, beautiful rolling house yeah. of thunder that we have called the faith, hope, and love uh, sporting democracy for all bus, man. Uh, there was a, there was a moment where I felt like this is the kind of weather you die in. Your car yeah. breaks down and you are stranded on the side of the road. You try <laughs> to walk it. You, that's yeah. it. That's the last decision you will regret. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it was, it was it was the kind of cold that instantaneously freezes your boogers cold. Nostrils just locked shut. Yeah, uh, I, you know I come from the land of that stuff. In fact, yeah, years ago, I ran a I ran yeah. a half marathon on New Year's Day. Yeah, and it was uh, I think seven below temperature mm. when we started. Mm. Um, mm. My eyelids, my eyelids froze over. <laughs> my eyelids. I was sweating. The sweat got down. Mm-hmm. The wind was yeah. blowing in my eyelids. I couldn't see. I had to pull the ice to open my. That's eyes. amazing. <laughs> when I was, up. yeah, when I, I, I remember when I was in middle school, living in upstate New York, um, we would have for there'd be a unit in gym class where we would go. We would walk over to the high school and go swimming in the pool, um, swimming unit, and it was always one of those ones that happened during winter because it was yep. an indoor activity. And, uh, and so as we were, we, then we would, you know, get changed and head back to class at the middle school and walking the, I don't know, 
hundred yards from the high school building to the middle school building, my hair would freeze. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have exactly the same memories at North 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 uh, Junior High and Hopkins High School. Exactly, yeah. the same. <laughs> just incredible. Yeah, frost. And okay. last week in Iowa, it was colder than all that. Colder than all that. <laughs> and in here in Minneapolis, where I live, just I mean, living north of there, you can imagine how much colder it was. It was very cold. The like 10, 12 days of sub zero temperatures. Yeah, which we're not complaining around here. There's been no snow to speak of. Still, almost no snow on the ground. I see as much green and brown outside of my my lawn as I do white. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. But it was so cold that weird things are happening. Yesterday, Rob, I was standing in my kitchen. Uh, that's on the the main level. There's a second level above. Yes, that's the bedrooms and and closets and second floor. In the kitchen, through the tongue and groove ceiling of our little family room. I look over and see water dripping through the tongue and groove. Oh no. Dripping on the floor. And I'm like, okay, couple things. That's, oh. Could be a hole in your roof. Could this be a broken water pipe. This is not good. But no options are good. And I'm like, or it could be my attic. Mm -hmm. garage i get a ladder go up to the second floor go into our closet in the bedroom where there's access to the to the attic open it up shine my light up in there and on all the rafters all around frost Mm. frost like crazy then yesterday it was 34 degrees so that frost started to just warm enough that it started to melt and usually that happens very slowly and there's only a little bit of frost, but because mm-hmm. so cold, mm. the frost then starts running down beams and then starts dripping through the ceiling. Oh. So I'm like, all right, I just got to figure out. So I start calling around and talking to people. And, you, you know, you call HVAC people and they're like, we don't do that. And you call insulation people and they say, we don't cover that. And like no one, no one does. Yeah. I get a hold of a few people and they're like, okay, first of all, you're all right. People from all over the Twin Cities are calling. This is happening everywhere in old houses. Oh, it's good to know that you're part of a community. It's not good just you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, um, so I think now, and then it stopped dripping. So the frost has sort of melted, the heavy frost that was in the, in the rafters. And at the same time, an infestation of ants. An ant infestation. And I don't know why. Sometimes in the winter when it gets super yeah. cold and then just yeah. starts to warm up, yep. there are ants all over our kitchen. Yes. Like it is disturbing. These <laughs> yeah. are the teeny little brown ones yep. that would be adorable if there weren't a hundred thousand of them on my yes. on my counter. Mm-hmm. So then you have to get out that rat or that not rat poison, the ant poison. Yeah. A little liquid. Use tarot. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you open the little thing and it's got the liquid in there mm-hmm. at the little hotel. And it, look, I, I mean, I'm a softy when it comes to bugs. Like there was a big bug that my wife saw yesterday and she's like, you sweep that up and I scooped it up. And anything over a certain size, I just try not to kill it. I just take it outside and throw it. I don't know why. I'm a size that's yeah. when it comes to the things I will kill and I will eat, yeah. eat animals, you know, that have been processed by others, but I won't do it myself. <laughs> You open up these little little thing of, you know, like ant poison, the liquid, and it's like yeah. a little hotel, and they're all just running into it. It's just sad. It, it's yeah. just a, it, the whole thing. Like ants just stay outside, and we don't get into this. I'm not trying to yeah. victim blame on the ants here. I'm just saying 
You don't come into my house. Yeah. We we can work out a great deal. If we're outside and I'm eating outside and you jump on my watermelon, hey, fair deal. I'm, you know. Yeah. But you come yeah. in here and now I got to right. kill a bunch of ants. And yeah. ah. ah. So this morning, yeah. then we set three of those traps out. And this morning, I mean, it's just, it's just a yeah. anticide going on up there. Yeah. Yeah. And there are fewer things scarier as a homeowner than um, water where it should not be. Yes. I mean, that's terrifying. It's just, yeah. It, it oh, felt, no. It felt biblical. There was water raining down and then there was an infestation of insects. It was. <laughs> No, it, it, plagues happening there. Uh, <laughs> you need to repent before you know it gets to you know, and an oldest something uh, being sacrificed. Hey, a, f- a few people in the chat are noticing that we've been away from the Tuesday uh, Common Good yeah. Politics podcast while we're out yeah. doing the work. Welcoming days, me back, by the way. I was going to bring that up. And some and days, listen, some days listen. we talk about it. Some days we do it. Today we're just talking about it. Yeah, listen, I I know you had a podcast yesterday about 70s CCM, contemporary Christian music. Um, absolutely fantastic. So fun. Um, when you're ready to have a podcast about 80s and 90s contemporary Christian music, I really want to get in on that. Okay. All right, let's, let's, let's take a spin around. Yeah, yeah. Because I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got thoughts. And I and I would like to, I would like to state the case that um, Michael W. Smith mm-hmm. killed contemporary Christian music. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's 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 put this on the books and get it going yeah. because I yeah. think it was worship music. But we will have well, a, we will yes have a chat about yes it. yes. Oh, you, but why? Yeah, yes, I put that on him because he put out two worship albums that went huge and. Every, and every it it's yes we're saying the same thing but okay. i'm actually pinning it on an individual who put out names. a worship album that uh that that killed contemporary christian music yes oh. radio killed the or television killed the radio star and michael w <laughs> killed contemporary christian music which yep. in some ways I, I i would like to send him a personal thank you uh, when I think no. about contemporary Christian music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, yeah, you, you brought this up that the squirrely prepper lifestyle says, um, yeah. uh, missed you, Rob. Yeah. And then, and then followed with, you can call me Penny. So after all these months of the squirrely prepper lifestyle, finally, Rob, you get first name basis. Uh, I, I, I think she might've been talking to old man, Jim, not me, uh, with the Penny thing, but I'm going to go ahead and call, uh, call Penny, Penny. And say, hey, Penny, we're glad to, glad to be seen, glad that you're here with us. And uh, thank you for mentioning me and not Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, listen, the, I Penny, was in. Penny and I got to spend a little time together yesterday. So I think uh, that's what excellent. she was getting at. Was so, I mean, with you. Penny mentions that, that she preferred Cure over Petra. I was in a thrift mm-hmm. store mm-hmm. or a flea market uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, Too soon for me. Yeah, looking at uh, my wife was is contemplating having a booth in a flea market, oh. so we were we were doing a little uh, reconnaissance, checking out some places, and I came across a flea market booth that had two Petra albums mm-hmm. on vinyl, and I was I, I was tempted. They were sixteen dollars a piece. 
I was tempted, but uh, I did not mm. purchase them. Well, as Petra taught you, don't fall for yeah. your temptations. If you're un- if you're unfamiliar with those seventies and eighties, more power to you. Rock then more power to you. Oh, red is the color. Hey, um, uh, all right. Well, we do have to talk some politics. Yeah. Um, I had a funny in there that then I lost it because you, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it funnied me on that one. That was a good one. Um, uh, hey, uh, Rob and I were out uh, tooling around with the mm-hmm. the uh, presidential aspirations people in Iowa. Tried to get there before Chris Christie quit. Tried to get there mm-hmm. before Tim Scott quit. Tried to get there before. Has Asa Hutchinson even quit yet? Is he? Yeah, he quit. Okay. He quit after the primary before Asa Hutchinson quit. We did get there just hours before Vivek, Vivek. Ramaswamy quit. We yeah, one of the- In the afternoon. And one of the learnings. At, yeah, seven o'clock at night. He had shifted from, I'm a better choice than Donald Trump because Donald Trump can't win to, I am all in with Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I would, I'd, I'd like to t- say two things quickly about that. Uh, one is one of the learnings that we had is that his name is pronounced Vivek, um, which we learned when we were there at his event. Uh, I thought it was Vivek. Uh, Doug, you kept pronouncing it with an R in it. Um, yeah, Vivek, I think no you kept saying. Yeah, yeah. I think there's probably Facebook Lives where you could people could go back and use it. We're here at the Vivrick event. No, Vivek. But it's not Vivek, it's Vivek. The other thing I'd like to say is that uh, we did it again. Uh, you know, people might people might not know, um, but in, in uh, 2020, uh, we did some Vote Common Good events with presidential candidates. And... Uh, we did an event with uh, Marianne Williamson, who is running for president of the United States. And um, that evening, she called together her um, her f- uh, supporters in a room that I took them to and, uh, and set them up in. And uh, she announced to her supporters that she was dropping out of the race. Um, the next day, uh, we did an event with uh, John Delaney former congressman from Maryland who was running for president of the United States. Um, the next day he dropped out of the presidential race. A few weeks after that, we did an event with Bill Weld, a Republican candidate for president. Um, the day following that he dropped out of the presidential race. And then uh, last week we were in Iowa and attended a Vivek Ramaswamy event. I had the opportunity to ask him a question, the final question that was asked to him at his event. We had a little interaction about Christian nationalism. And that night he dropped out of the presidential race. All of this to say, Doug, um, we've, we've done this multiple times. We just... Yeah, I used to, my family, I, I used to watch, um, when we would watch the Olympics and watch figure skaters, um, I used to, uh, I used to joke around that I had the ability to knock figure skaters down with my mind, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I could just, I could knock them down, um, uh, when they would do their jumps and then they would fall and I would take credit for it. I feel like that with Vote Common Good. We have the ability to knock down presidential candidates and take them out. 
And as Trisha is saying, we should get ourselves to a Trump event. The truth is we've been to multiple Trump yeah, events. And, it, and, and, and He's that guy. to our tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but uh, smaller, lesser known candidates. Oh, yeah. We totally can take them out. Absolutely. Last stop. And there were two others. Mark Charles. Don't forget Mark Charles. Oh, yeah. he was gonna Mark pick. Charles. Yes. Um, uh, Cory Booker for his for his running mate. And then there was that other person who didn't come to our event and then dropped out that night. Uh, oh. self, the self-funded person from California. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy um, said the good book and the good book. Uh, oh, what was that guy? Boy, isn't this oh. something like in 2020, there were so many Democratic candidates. and literally Tom Steyer. Tom Steyer. The Tom Steyer yeah. was yeah, yeah. coming to our event, but then quit before he got there. So <laughs> we really are the yeah, last for, stop uh, yeah. for so many for so many of these uh, of these people. Because once they realize, hey, if you can't get the if you can't get the common good audience, you don't have a chance. That's, that's exactly what we're it. Yeah, exactly. We're not doing it to them. They're just reading the room, recognizing if if we don't kiss that ring of those I, I no i prefer to think that we have the ability like i had the ability as a teenager <laughs> sure. to knock down figure skaters uh during olympic competitions i like to think that we have the ability to knock out presidential candidates yeah you need to start practicing voodoo uh and you and you you make a perfect fan you have the perfect fan temperament <laughs> that somehow my behavior watching someone else do an action Oh. impacts that action. I mean, oh, yo, yo, you should watch me watch a Cleveland Browns game. I, uh, yeah, I totally believe the reason the Cleveland Browns got knocked out of the playoffs uh, was because I did not do my normal routine of uh, of of watching the game the way I had all season long. This was the game that I watched uh, on the back of the Vote Common Good bus tooling down the road. I think in Kentucky. And uh, and that's why the Browns got blown out and knocked out of the playoffs. We need to just start letting people know this, um, that, that there is a center to their universe. And it's <laughs> squirreled away somewhere outside Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> a little place called Springdale. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, by the way, when we get out on this bus, we're going to be traveling around the country. We're going to be in Arizona. Uh, and California areas at the end of February, early March. Details are just coming together. In fact, we just recently had a change in some of our scheduling because Franklin Graham, the um, the failed son, failed leader son of an, an evangelist, is uh, going to also come to Arizona, and we're going to try to adjust to get up in their business. So. Anyway, uh, sometime in the end of February, early March, we're going to be doing events, and we're also going to go to the border. In fact, friends, we're going to go to the border twice in the spring, one time in late February, early March, like around the 1st of March, somewhere in there, and then again in April, sometime around the first week of April. Now, that April date corresponds with joining astrophysicist Paul Wallace and your favorite Vote Common Good podcast hosts. Uh, outside of Dallas for the viewing of the complete solar eclipse, which will change all of our lives. And, uh, and we're also going to go to the border. So keep up. Are you going to look at it without time. glasses, without the special glasses yeah, in you honor don't have of Donald to, Trump? Uh, you don't have to on this one because it's a, oh. as we were singing in the eighties, it is a total eclipse of the sky of the sun. Uh, so uh, yeah, that, that in that way, it's different than the other one where you're supposed to, look really funny. but anyway yeah yeah okay huh. so uh yeah lots lots going on uh with us and us getting out on the on the road but we're going to spend this day on the um 
on the primaries. Now, you might think we're only going to talk about the presidential primaries if you just happen in. But if you read the heading to this topic, why is Dean Phillips, congressman, <laughs> Democrat, my representative, in fact, yeah. vote yeah. common gooder? Mm-hmm. Why is he running for the Democratic nomination in opposition or in competition with, better way to say it, in competition with Joe Biden? A lot of us have been pondering this question. He was on CNN over the weekend and explained it in a way, I will just say, that won me over. Now, I got a soft spot for the guy. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can go Dean Phillips all day long. Uh, mm-hmm. I like his tone. I like his attitude. I like his vibe. I like his I like politics. his hair. His haircut. Uh, I do like his hair. He's got a great, great head of hair. I, great just, head I of just, hair. I just like the fella. So mm-hmm. I'm an easy, I'm an easy, I'm, I'm, I'm an easy win. Um, yep. But I also thought his argument was the right one. And uh, so we're going to play it for you. Um, he, uh, he, um, uh, that's the wrong one. All right. Uh, so I'm going to play it for you. Now I have to remember where I put it on my little screen thing here. Um, hang on a minute. Uh, he he basically makes the argument that he um, he's the guy who's trying to help Biden be better. Okay, so uh, if if that if that seems confusing to you, um, why would someone be challenging <clears throat> the sitting president for his uh, for the nomination? Why would he do such a thing? Um, well, we're going to let you know. So here he is. This is Dean Phillips uh, talking on CNN. And uh, is all that other stuff up in your way? Are you seeing all this? I can't tell what you're seeing. Wait a minute, son. All right, here we go. System that is literally working against voters and voters who don't want to show up and vote in primaries and then get frustrated by the choices we have in November. That's part of the problem. We have a crisis of participation. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Every single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. And somebody had to wake us up. And if that's my job, so be it. You would rather, though, have Biden in the White House again than Trump in the White House, yes? Of course. Okay, so Absolutely. do you think that this bid, what you've done, has made President Biden stronger? Because that was one of your goals. If it's not going to be you, mm-hmm. make him stronger. Have you succeeded well, in that? Well, if he would come out and debate and maybe meet voters and actually start showing up, I'm trying to extend an invitation to the president to get in the game. Because if you want to be the president again, the only way to even possibly win is to get out here, right, listen so to voters. Is, do you think your effort made him stronger? I'm giving or him. Or weaker? If, if I did nothing, if nobody entered this race, we've turned, the Democrats here, Poppy, have turned over hundreds of hours of primetime TV to the GOP. CNN, you guys, doing one-hour town halls with every single GOP candidate. Every bit of coverage, the GOP, because they've got a competitive race. If Democrats had a competitive race right now, which I'm trying to create, we would have energy. If you had been to my events the last three days, you'd see young people carrying signs, rah, rah. We're trying to get something going. The president is doing nothing. And if he's not going to debate, he's not going to answer questions. How many interviews has he done? He's not doing town halls. He's not showing up. So, yes, I'm trying to do him a favor to show up. 
And if he does, and he does really well in the primaries, and suddenly his numbers rise and he can beat Donald Trump, my goodness, I'd get behind him in a heartbeat. But get in the game. All right, Rob, I got to tell you, I love it. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's the right argument. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so I, I I think a couple of things. One, I I want to I, I kind of want to speak out of both sides of my mouth. Okay. Um, on the one hand, uh, when a incumbent president has a primary challenge when they're running for reelection, uh, that they typically historically they win that primary challenge and then lose the general election. Now, uh, I think that is that is uh what do they say it's not it's not causal it's uh what's the correlation. I would, it, it's, correlation it's a correlation mm-hmm. yes it's a correlation not causation i don't think that dean phillips run for um for president w- is going to cost joe biden the presidency if joe biden loses that's on him you know that's not on it's not on dean phillips or anybody else it is joe biden's responsibility to go out and make the case to the american people that he deserves another term as president of the united states that he's a better choice than donald trump or nikki haley or whoever ends up being the republican nominee and if joe biden can't make that case that's on him it's not voters fault it's not dean phillips fault it is it is the responsibility of the candidate to make the case so all that being said now at the same time mm-hmm. i really think it's utterly ridiculous the people who say that if you vote for dean phillips you are electing donald trump to be president uh, like i see this argument all the time on twitter and and they lump all the same people together they say if you vote for rfk jr if you vote for cornell west if you vote for jill stein if you vote for marianne williamson if you vote for dean phillips you are voting to elect donald trump and to send him back to the white house listen no you're not no you're not like understand that there's a difference between a primary election and a general election take this nonsense and get it out of here if you vote in the primary for dean phillips or for Marianne Williamson instead of Joe Biden, it doesn't mean you're electing Donald Trump. Like now, if you vote in the general election for someone like Jill Stein or RFK Jr. uh, or Cornell West, that's your decision. That might have the implication of helping Donald Trump. But again, your vote is not owned by anybody Mm -hmm. but you. If Joe Biden can't make the case for why he deserves to get have a second term as president because he's done significant amount to reduce inflation because he is he passed the infrastructure bill because of the build back better initiative that was passed because of his ability to work with a Republican Congress and 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 you know I think in a word that I think Joe Biden would use consistently bamboozled them into into you know getting what he what he wanted uh, and shown their complete ineffectiveness to govern. If Joe Biden can't make that case, and I think he's got a good one for why he should be reelected as president, if he can't make that case, that's on him. Mm-hmm. 
and the voter shaming of if you vote for Dean Phillips in the in the Democratic primary, you are somehow helping Donald Trump. Ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. I think you're right. People understand it. what Dean Phillips, I th- believe, is saying. And look, again, I'm easily swayed by him because he uses the phrase in an interview. I said, what the heck? I mean, couldn't be more true to Minnesota. <laughs> if anyone doesn't watch Fargo yet, you think they're overplaying it on Fargo. That's Dean Phillips, Minnesota yeah. boy, saying, so I said, I, you know, there's a Donald Trump rally going on across the street. So I said, hey, what the heck? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love yeah. It. His, I, I, his, it felt like his pandering about the Trump crowd was, um, I don't know, felt a little disingenuous. Um, I don't know. I think he's saying, I don't know that I, 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 I take him at his word. I think he's saying these people are out there and why are they for Donald Trump? Because it's a one-sided conversation. Democrats say to the kinds of people who vote for Donald Trump and Rob, Mm -hmm. you and I know this, we see it. Well, we talked to people in Iowa this last week about it. They feel like they don't want to be in the Trump side but they know they can't be with the Democrats. And why mm-hmm. can't they be with the Democrats? I know Democrats want to say it's about policy. It is not. Yep. Jim says it in the chat. You line up these voters and they on policy will sound like Democrats over and over. It. I, I mean, I, I interviewed a woman that was, she was there yep. saying, I don't know if I'm going to vote for Trump and here's where I am on these different policies. I don't know if I can be with Ramaswamy because where he is on health care and where he is on abortion. Like she's a policy wise, a Democrat, but then said, I would never vote for a Democrat the way those people think about me. So this is what happens over and over. And mm-hmm. Dean Phillips is tapping into it. He is getting after the thing that caused people when they heard Hillary Clinton say the deplorables, when they heard Barack Obama say those people clinging to their guns, whatever that is, it's a made up story in people's minds that Democrats want to do them harm, but it's not a made up story in their minds that Democrats don't like them. Right. Over and over, it is reinforced. And how do you know they don't like you? They don't even pay attention. Yep. Remember, Rob, when we were young preachers and we would say the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. Indifference. In, yeah, Indifference is the, is the opposite. Yeah. When you don't yeah. even care. I mean, literally the opposite of we care is don't think about you and really don't fuss with you. So that's what I think Dean Phillips was getting at. And you're exactly right that the primary is supposed to be the time. And if people are longtime listeners of this, they're like, hey, there are those two guys again saying it over and over. The primaries are meant to be a time for a party to figure out its own way forward. Yep. We, we treat primaries like they're real elections, but let's just be perfectly clear. They are not real elections. No one is being elected to anything in a primary. Yep. People are yep. being selected to be the candidate in a real election. But the election doesn't happen in a primary. That's why you can have rules in some states where you can decide who gets to vote. (laughs) Like normally you have to say any registered voter can vote in an election. You don't say only Republicans or only people that aren't a part of another party like they're doing in New Hampshire or only certain characters are allowed to vote. Primaries are not real elections. What they are is a chance for a party to figure itself out. And what I hear Congressman Phillips saying is 
it would do the campaign well to be in campaign mode now, not later. And I've got to agree. We have been squawking about this nonstop. You know what we've never seen on the road? A Joe Biden, Kamala Harris bus. You know what we have seen? A Dean Phillips bus, a DeSantis bus, a Trump bus. Well, I've seen those buses. There's yeah. no Biden-Harris bus because they're not doing it. And his frustration, which I'm, I'm with him on, of saying there's no interviews, there's no primetime. Th- like, get out there and start winning this election right now. And I'll tell you, I'm, we're doing everything we can to make sure that Donald Trump is not elected president and Joe Biden is. If those are indeed the two candidates, we're going to do all that we can. Not because we're only politically biased. But because it's just a question of the future of America, like this goes well beyond. This is the insurrectionist and the authoritarian and the dictator for a day guy versus uh, the current president we have. Yeah. And and Doug, we and it's too late now. So in that sense, okay, now the campaign has started and maybe just maybe the Biden Harris ticket is going to ramp up. And when they do. We're all who those of us that have been out here pounding the, the the wood on this, pounding the pavement, knocking doors, pumping gas, pumping in the diesel. Yeah. I'm gonna say, hey, glad glad to have you. Yeah. Hope yeah. hope you hope you hope you feel fresh, uh, yeah. ready to yep. uh, re- ready to go. So on that, yeah. I am I am with I'm with Dean Phillips. Um, and yeah, and we have rally around Biden when the time comes. We have visited with. Republican voters in Iowa last week. We spent time at a Nikki Haley event. We spent time at a Vivek Ramaswamy event. We spent time talking to people who were voting in the Republican primary, or in this case, the Republican caucuses in Iowa, who were not voting for Donald Trump in in those caucuses. And one of the questions we asked these Republican voters, particularly at the Nikki Haley event, was, if your candidate doesn't make it, mm-hmm. if Nikki Haley doesn't win, what are you going to do in November? And Doug, we did not have a Nikki Haley supporter say to us, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Yeah. What we had was over and over and over and over again, were voters saying to us, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I with a I, sadness I, in I, their hearts. I can't vote for Trump, but man, I what am I going to do? I can't vote for Joe Biden either. Yep. And I, and I say this to say there are voters out there that are gettable by mm-hmm. Joe Biden mm-hmm. to expand his 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 vote total, to expand his supporter base and 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 to shift politics in in America forever. We we talk when we talk with candidates, we talk about candidates being exceptional candidates. And what we mean by that is candidates that voters are willing to make an exception for. Mm-hmm. Um, little play on words there. Because we all the time can't voters will say things like, I would never vote for a Democrat, mm-hmm. but I would vote for that guy. Yeah. And they're like they're saying they're saying they're making an absolute statement. I would never do this. And at the same time, they're willing to make an exception. Yeah. And totally. because 
that candidate connects with them, reflects something about themselves, makes them feel seen and liked and valued and all of those things. And so without changing their identity, without saying that they're compromising these absolute yep. rules that they have, they're willing to make an exception. Now, that's important because one of the things that we've learned is that behavioral change happens before identity change. Mm -hmm. So be, here's the little thing. The, when that first domino falls, yeah. it becomes easier in the next election for that right. person to make that exception again. Yeah. And all of a sudden, their very red ballot is suddenly kind of purple. And yeah, and, and it's shocking, but that never happens unless they make that first exception. Joe Biden could make could make the case that he's that exceptional candidate. Yes. And there are voters out there who are right now voting in Republican primaries who don't want Donald Trump. They want the case to be made. Give them the on ramp to vote for a Democrat for president for the first time. Those voters exist. If Joe Biden would just make the case. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, totally. And look, Ed, Edward is uh, saying in the chat, I appreciate your comment, Edward. I hope you are not preaching that Joe Biden Democrat establishment doesn't care about Republican voters because that is nonsense. Edward, how much I wish that was true. I've just got yeah. to tell you, I've been in lots of conversations with people in the Democratic establishment who have said to me personally, we are tired of pandering to the kinds of voters that you all want to go after. The ones that we work with at Vote Common Good, people whose Republican voting identity is solid is, <clears throat> and they're willing to make an exception. They say, we're not going to put any more money in it. We don't want to pander to those people. We're uninterested in it. In fact, I was told by one, in fact, that has been the problem with the Democratic Party. So I, I wish it was true. Mm -hmm. They said that, that's been the problem with the Democratic Party is we've done nothing but pander to those people and that needs to stop, is what the person said. So I, I wish it was right. Now, we work with candidates all the time um, and help them figure out how to connect with, with voters um, uh, across all ideological spectrums, including these Trump supporters. So we know that there are candidates who do it, but the system itself applies a massive amount yeah. of pressure yeah. to candidates yeah. and to campaigns. And then at the highest levels, decisions are made yeah. to not allocate resources to go after those kinds of voters. Yeah. What it's about for so many Democrats is turnout. Yeah, Find the voters who they believe should vote for them and they should all over people. And then they say, we just need to turn out those people who we should. And the people who we think we don't really want to spend the time, energy, or money, or they're not going to be consistent over time, we're not interested in them. It's a chosen path, and I wish yeah. it were not the path. Yeah. So yeah. I say it with all yeah. heartbrokenness, and we don't tell them to change the path. We're yeah. just out doing what we can do. But Dean Phillips and many other yeah. people that have been talking about these issues for a long time um, yeah. know, know why the issue is this way. Yeah. And, and Doug, put up Alex's last couple of comments on the screen too. Alex said, um, I want to know in what way the Democrats are not listening to people. Dems are for living wages, affordable health care, child care, et cetera. The MAGA Republicans do not. And then she continues to say the, the, the policies are all are for all, not just those who vote Democrats. Alex, you're absolutely right. But here's the thing that many Democratic strategists, many Democratic politicians miss out on. People claim that they vote for policies 
but people don't vote for policies. They don't. They vote for candidates. They vote for how candidates make them feel. They don't vote for policies. We have that, I mean, and I'll just use my home state of Arkansas as an example. Here in Arkansas, we have a solid red, very conservative majority in our state uh, houses, uh, our, our state legislature. We have Sarah Huckabee Sanders as our governor. Uh, Donald Trump won um, with 67% of the vote here in Arkansas. And at the same time, 60% of Arkansas voters voted to raise the minimum wage. So in the very same election, the same group of voters voted for a policy that helped them, a policy of raising the minimum wage to $11, and at the same time elected Republican state legislator, Republican state legislative candidates who were vowing that if that if that if, if that ballot initiative passed, they would do everything in their power to stall it from being enacted. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing happened with legalizing medical marijuana and over and over and over again. There, it, because when it comes to electing candidates, people, yes. and they say policies matter. They say I'm a one issue voter, but like they talk about that. But but when you get beyond the, like you get below the surface, the real thing that that motivates people to vote the way they vote is not the policy positions held by a candidate, but it's how that candidate yes. makes the people feel. And it's not there's something broken in them. This no. is how human beings function. Yes. Look, I'll give another example just to double down on this one. Everyone listening to this who votes for Democrats you are the example. Yep. Look, there's probably a policy that you might agree with Donald Trump on more than you do Joe Biden. And if you're saying yeah. to yourself, well, the only reason I'm not voting for Donald Trump and I'm voting for Joe Biden is because he stacks up, Donald Trump stacks up more policies I disagree with and Biden stacks up more that I do agree with. Really? If it, if it somehow were even out, you'd be like, well, I could go either way. No, you wouldn't. Because it's that guy that you won't go with. It's your identity to say, I voted for him. I'm not doing that. Look, voting is a reflection on, on us. Now, are there some people who sit down with a, with a piece of paper and a pen and they're going through a ballot box and they're checking it off and, and they're just deciding on where people are on particular policies? No, because then it's what does the party do and which party is in control and which policies are going to move forward. And it's very complicated. So people deal with all that complication <laughs> by saying, who are we, who are we going to vote for? Who am I going to vote for? How does it make me feel? It's like when you, if you buy a car, you tend to not just go through the list of specs. You yeah. sit in it first. It might yep. not be, you're just looking at a picture up on a, on a, on a, uh, sc a screen in a restaurant. It's, I don't know. I'm not just going to look at the calorie count on that thing. And what's the, what's the nutritional facts, even though that would be great. And it's important. You're going to pick among a set of, of food items or cars or anything you're picking based on a whole lot of information that has to do with how it makes you feel, not yep. the sheer numbers of the whole thing. 
And by God, now everybody in politics gets frustrated by this. When I listen to Republicans talk, they say the very same thing. Those Democrats, those people who vote there, they really, in their hearts, they're Republicans, but in their, you know, in the, or in their minds, they're Republicans, but in their hearts, they're Democrats, and we just need to get them to think more about these things. If you haven't been approached by a Republican telling you that, that you're just a big feeler, <laughs> and if you really thought about it, you'd, you'd, you'd go their way, because of course you think the way they do. But that is, this is classic. The way candidates win every single time is they have the constituents that they're targeting believe that they are on the side of those constituents. And the presidency and vice presidency is the only elected role that encompasses all eligible voters in the United States. So it's increasingly important. Yeah. Yeah. And Alex, there's, I mean, your your latest comment, then why aren't Democrats able to make us feel in alignment? <laughs> like that's, yes, that's what, that's, I mean, that's the frustrating thing that Doug and I bang our heads against the wall. And especially, you know, Dean Phillips talks about talking with Trump voters and these voters that feel left out. Uh, we've seen that with religiously motivated voters, white evangelicals and white Catholics uh, in particular, who feel that way by Democrats. Um, yeah. And, and that is a, absolutely a gap that exists. Um, there's a really great book written several years ago now called the political brain, Mm -hmm. uh, which explains all of this. It's fantastic. It's a really interesting read. If you'd like to dive deeper on how all of this works and how Democrats fail in messaging so often when Republicans succeed. And then, and that's why like someone like Barack Obama, like you know, is held in such high regard because he, he did, he did this really well. Sure. And, and I, I like, there is uh there's both an art and a science to all of this. And um, look, look, presidents it, who, presidents who win do it well. Yes. Ronald Reagan did it well. Yes. Yep. Barack Obama did it well. George yep. Bush did it really well. Yes. Pulled over a bunch of people. Yep. Joe Biden did it extremely well in 2020. There were yeah. many people who did not vote, have never voted for a Democrat before and voted for Joe Biden. The point being, they got to hear from people and they got to hear from Donald Trump and they had a contrast and they picked Biden over Trump. That's what they need to do again. But when you're the president, you sit differently in people's minds. You sit in lived experience, not in potential experience. And people vote for potentiality more than they do for solidity. That's just the, that's just how it goes. That's, that's why they, that's why advertisers advertise. Mm -hmm. They don't advertise simply for the thing you currently have. They want to let you know about the new updated model of the thing that you've preferred in the past because they're just tapping into human emotion. Yep. All right. Let's just jump on to a couple of a couple yeah, of other things. Just, sort of yeah, fly through topic. a couple other stories. And one of this is that Joe Biden has trouble in Michigan, and Michigan people are worried about it. Um, the Michigan should be locked in, settled down, no problem. Deep, yep. deep, you know, neon blue, you know, with a little hint, yep. a little deep, deep purple. But instead, things are happening in Michigan. Now, what's the, going to be the answer there when you talk to the Biden administration about the answer? Starts sounding like Dean Phillips. The answer is once we really turn up our campaign to include people in Michigan, including auto workers, they will come home. Exactly the point. 
Now, is yeah. it just an argument about how how should you have waited until February of 2024 to go after those people? Yeah, or should you have been yeah. after them earlier? I would I would argue should have been after them earlier. Should have been campaigning. Should have had a campaign mechanism in place on January 22nd of 2021, and have been moving on this thing instead. By golly, they're going to wait until nearly January 22nd of 2024. And so, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have run into this problem in the first place. Much like the person who told me about why I have frost in my attic. Well, we can talk about what to do about it now, but let's really talk about how to prevent it in the future. They should have been working on this. And the fact that Michigan might be in play, deeply concerning. And so uh, join yep. us as we get to Michigan to do our little part in the mosaic. Um, yep. And if you know anyone in Michigan, please do your part in the in the little mosaic. Yep. Hey, if yeah, you want a little absolutely. good news, a little good news, yeah. the city of St. Oh, Paul, the city of St. Paul, beautiful capital of, of the, uh, of the great state of Kimberly Johnson of uh, YouTube comment fame, St. Paul, Minnesota elected seven members to the city council, all women in 2016, there were seven members of the city council. One was a woman and in the election this year, all seven candidates, all seven spots were up. All seven were filled by women. A full, the first time that's been a full women's um, uh, represented city council. Were they, were they all women of color too? Could be. Yeah, I didn't I, see that. The picture I'm looking at tells me yes. But it yeah, feels like, so great. It feels like dangerous Just, territory to start doing that, start looking at pictures and then making statements about that. But uh, yes, I think so. Um, yeah. But I'm going to let other people identify themselves that way. I'm going to, I'm going to walk carefully so great. across. across Just absolutely hills. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, and classic. And, and this is Minnesota, a, you know, plus, you know, nearly 80% white uh, state and St. Paul, which is more diverse. But still, all women and all women of color, really, really something. So, yeah. hey, you know who that's not going to help, though, um, is, old, uh, is old Nikki Haley. Um, even though <laughs> Nikki Haley... In the very first tally of the primaries from today's election in New Hampshire, she won them all. Yeah. All six registered voted voters in the um, in the Dixville Notch County, all six of them who voted voted for Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. Clean sweep. Now, if she took a page out of the insurrectionist leader's page, uh, playbook, what would she say? Stop the vote. Stop the counting. The votes are in. Right? <laughs> I mean, why do we have to have any more votes? They, they voted. That's it. Stop. <laughs> don't, 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 don't count the rest of them. Just, uh, just, just keep it, uh, just keep it going. So, oh uh, goodness. Oh, all right. Let Let's run through some history here. All right. Uh, here we go. Um, in, okay. This we want to look at just Dixville Notch. Uh, accuracy of midnight votes for Republican primary statewide winner. Um, 2020 didn't get it right. 2016 didn't get it right. 2012, 20 in 2008 did got it wrong in 04, 2096, and then got it right every time between 1964 and 1992. So historically <laughs> Dixville notch has done a good job, but, uh, but lately has missed it five out of the last seven elections. Yes, yeah, this recent generation um, there in Dixville. Yeah. They just, they just don't Oof. have with the, with the Pappies. And, and now, the accuracy, accuracy of midnight votes for general election 
national winner. Here we go. In 2020, got it right. Uh-huh. Missed it in 2016. 2020, tw- 2012, there was a tie. Got it right in 08, 04, and 2000. So uh, a so little bit better. A yeah. little bit better at picking the national winner. Um, so, uh, you know, Nikki Haley has that to hang her hat on. That uh, while Dixville Notch not necessarily good at picking the, uh, the nominee... You know, maybe they could pick the national winner. So we'll see what happens here with uh, with Dixville. All right. So, so what's what the six voters there? I mean, it's such a great little gimmick, right? That they, they oh, vote yeah. at midnight, they tally them up quick, and they get the word out. Um, I mean, really, she should be claiming stop. The, oh, stop it's the like right yeah, it's like the it's like the it's like the Punxsutawney Phil of politics. Yeah. Oh, perfect, perfect. Hey, okay. So, do you have a guess? What What do you think? How do you think Haley's going to come in now that all the other? Um, Trump lovers that wanted to uh, yeah. also support Donald Trump are no longer running. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you, what, what do you think her numbers are going to come in at tonight by the time this is all said and done? I, I think she's going to win New Hampshire by less than 5,000 votes. Wow. Okay. I think she's going to lose it by 14 points. Wow. No, I think it's going to be statistically yeah. it's going to be 50, 50 and she's going to, mm-hmm. She will edge it out. And that's going to make South Carolina very interesting. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I think I think actually South Carolina will be where she loses big and drops okay. out. I, I am deeply afraid we're going to see a Nikki Haley concession speech tonight mm-hmm. that includes a, and that's why I proudly support Donald Trump line in it. Oh, my heart. Because she's going to do the... I mean, as bad as he is, he's better than Joe Biden thing. Um, So, uh, uh, which I I, just again, just to lecture for a second. Really, anyone, Joe Biden is worse if you believe that Donald Trump led an insurrection after he lost the election. If you believe that, and if you don't believe that, whole other question. But if you do, Mm-hmm. As Nikki Haley said, she does. But Joe Biden's worse. What yeah. on earth? I mean, let's just. Yes. And, and you know what really shocks me about this, Rob? Is ten years ago we would have said institutional loyalty is dead. Mm-hmm. That is such a myth that we've all been pitching. Yeah. That institutional loyalty is dead. No, it's not in politics, and no, it's not in a lot of other areas. It's mm-hmm. alive and well. No matter what people yep. tell you. You look at yep. people's behavior and they are all in. It's just really something. Yes. And look, if, if you're a voter who has never voted for people that you used to believe were an anathema, if you haven't had to do that in your life, mm-hmm. if you haven't viewed the uh, other party as something that you thought was a problem, like maybe you really thought the Constitutionalist Party was a problem. Maybe you really believed that the, uh, that the Green Party was just nothing but trouble. And then you voted for a Green Party member because they were a Green Party member. If you haven't had that experience yet, then just hold any of your thoughts about what people go through when they do have to do that. Because for those who do have to go through that, it's a really different experience than people who are like, well, no, as it turns out, I've always been happy with the political choice that I made. And I'm not sure why other people, (laughs) I didn't make the choice that I made a long time ago. That's very easy to think. But if you haven't been through that switch, and if you have, then you just know. 
it's yep. really hard for people to do the right thing all yeah. the dang all the dang time. Hey, all right. So uh, let's just talk for a minute about Ron DeSantis, uh, about Ron DeSantis <laughs> quitting. Um, he finally ends his failed campaign, and then somebody wrote on our Facebook profile uh, for Vote Common Good, uh, what? He's not required to carry it to full term, which just oh, really just was fantastic. a treat of, of a comment. Yeah. So, so Ron DeSantis quit, and after months of talking about how Donald Trump was a problem, then said, and he's my guy. So, um, yeah, you can just write it all off to political expediency or to something else that just makes the guy pathetic. But then you know what he did? This I love, Rob. Give one to Ron. He threatened to veto a bill in Florida that's going to come to his desk. The bill is designed to give $5 million to any Floridian running for president who's under political attack. <laughs> he wrote a bill to take $5 million from the taxpayers of Florida and to pay the legal bills of Donald Trump. DeSantis said, I'm for Trump and I'm going to veto that bill. <laughs> Can you believe the Republicans in Florida have gone so far as to have representatives support a bill where they want to forcibly remove money from the bank accounts of Floridians to give it to the lawyers. <laughs> You're of like Trump. sounding all libertarian uh -huh. there, Doug. Hey, taxation the is theft. Taxation. <laughs> this is what they say. This is what Floridian Republicans are saying. Let's commandeer the bank accounts under the threat of incarceration. Mm-hmm and give the money to Donald Trump's lawyers. <laughs> and for all the failures of the white boot wearing immigrant despising <laughs> candidate, he said, yeah, I'm putting eating, that. I'm not doing that. So if you can't say something nice, have a podcast. Uh, and if you can say something nice, try to. So good for you, Ron, at least for now, you've said you're going to veto that bill. Will he actually? Will Donald Trump come to him and be like, Ron, I need the five mil? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because that guy's dead broke, as we yeah. all know. And he's going to be even more broke after New York gets done with their uh, legal proceedings yeah. against him. Yeah. So, I mean, Ron DeSantis' video dropping out of the presidential race, where he, he used a fake sing songy voice. Where like he you know there's people have like a like a reading voice right like mm -hmm. you have your voice that you use when you talk normally in conversation and then you have your voice when you're reading something that people are going to be listening to and there's mm -hmm. a sing songy element to it that mm -hmm. doesn't sound conversational doesn't sound real. And that sing-songy voice is super annoying. And that's the voice that Ron DeSantis used when he was reading his concession speech when he dropped out of the presidential race. This guy. Ron, oh. when, you, when you were doing that voice, I was feeling my butt cheeks pucker up in order to get that tonality. Were you also doing that? Because I think when I saw Ron DeSantis, yeah. he seemed to also have that look like I'm just holding 
everything in my intestines as tight as I can. And this is all just coming right from my chest. And I'm just really having a hard time. It's a hostage video. And you wish that just it wasn't. terrible. Now, look, I don't want to, I, you know, it does no good to say to somebody, Hey, go back and watch the previous recordings of this stuff. When DeSantis came on the scene like a year ago, oh, I was hearing all over from politicals oh. in Florida, this guy is dead. He's water. Trump only, smarter. Here's, here's, yeah, remember all that stuff, how he was so competent? And people are like, no one likes him. He's odd. He doesn't connect with people. The people closest to him find him to be unappealing as a person. In a, like this was... So the people who knew, including the Trump people, were like, not a fear in the world here. That totally guy. Totally right. And we talk about him. Well, he's a two-time governor, and he was a congressman, and he went to Yale, and he has all this. Tells you a lot about those, those accomplishments. He's, <laughs> and, and any of us who've watched him or have experienced him know that, yeah, he is not a, a pleasant person. Not to double down on the earlier point, but go back and listen to the video. People don't tend to only vote for the policies. They tend to vote for the person. And how they make you feel. And he kind of creeps people out. Yes. Yes, he does. Especially when you picture him eating pudding with his fingers. Ron DeSantis, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Is it going to be the kind of thing where like, who was that governor from Florida? Okay, so, so let's do a little quiz. Who was the governor from Wisconsin who was supposed to be the guy that was the big Republican thunder clap in, in Iowa a couple of years ago. Do you remember? Uh, Scott Walker. Scott Walker. That's how it's going to be with DeSantis. People are going to be like, yeah, it was that. Uh, what was his name? Uh, DeSantis. Yeah, it was DeSantis. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, at this point, he's not, he may be pushing for something in the administration, maybe. But chances are he's just going to go work for some lobbying group, just be you know a former governor just and just money. go just go mm -hmm. cash out. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he even make it to the end of his term. That's just a little uh, encouragement for you, Alex. I know you felt badly about your state, but um, yeah. Look, farewell, Ron. Um, and now we're on to. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Donald Trump who's going to win this primary. Uh, could win this one. He'll win the next one. He'll run. He'll run the gambit. But then, as I think it was Jim was saying earlier, and I wanted to keep that comment up, the chances are also exist that Donald Trump will not be on the ballot, either because of his own mental cognition or because of his uh, 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 criminal, criminal issues. And I just want to uh, also throw this one in there. In, in Rolling Stone article, it says, Trump attempts to describe missile defense as ding, 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 boom, whoosh. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. And, I mean, you can literally hear him describing, describing <laughs> military so missile defense. And we got the, we got the missile defense. It goes the ding, 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 boom, whoosh. I can't even do it. I, I mean, can you, um, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> If anyone is squirreled away somewhere outside of Fayetteville, Arkansas, you might want to send emergency crews over to Rob's house. He could be in a cardiac experience right now. Uh, ding, 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 boom, whoosh. Oh, Doug, we need a t-shirt. This is ding, 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 boom, whoosh. Oh, that's so funny. It's just, it's just truly, truly remarkable. Isn't oh. It? Oh, is there video of this? And, uh, and, there's got to yeah. be video 
build yeah. this? Yeah, I gotta there find is. this. Of course. And, and oh. Rob, the, the thing is, this is the things he that is he's been saying the last few days are really, really concerning. Yes. He went on a whole thing the other day confusing the name Nancy Pelosi with Nikki Haley and was saying we sent tried to send troops to Nikki Haley and she turned down the troops on January 6th and she didn't do her thing. And he said, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. And then said these, and like he was, I don't think he believes Nikki Haley was the speaker of the house at the time on January 6th when he led the insurrection. I think he confuses the names. Like Mm -hmm. he confuses so many other things. And this guy's mental capacity will clearly become an issue. Now, is it just going to be neutralizing because people are saying the same thing about about Joe Biden? I don't know. But here's here's what I hold to on this. They're saying it about Joe Biden. We're seeing it in Donald Trump. So it, it is it is hilarious and it's nonsense. And his stream of consciousness statements at his events are just getting worse and worse. So I'm telling you, yeah, I think, um, and again, I think it was Jim who said it earlier, um, or maybe it was, uh, yeah. Um, sorry if I'm crediting the wrong person. I'm scrolling back through your, your, all your very fine comments on the, this stuff. So thank you all for your, um, for your great comments. Uh, yeah, it was, it was old man, Jim H, uh, whether mental decline or arrest, he won't make it. Or maybe the Supreme court, he goes on to say, I, I, I I'm, I'm so deeply in that camp and I'm, you know, I'm comfortable being wrong about that, but I do think that that's the. Yep. The I, and, it, and it just, it bodes well to, for us to reiterate that we have been loud wrong on every Donald Trump prediction we've ever made. Except in 2020. We were only partly wrong. We thought he would get less voters than he got in 2016, not more, <laughs> but he did get less than Joe Biden about the important yeah. parts we were right. Uh, yeah. So, hey, yeah. uh, one, one last note here, Rob Reiner. Um, we should yeah. talk about Rob Reiner, both that he put out the podcast, Who Killed JFK? Oh, my He's goodness. also putting out this um, documentary about the threat of Christian nationalism, which uh, yours truly in the Vocama Good World are a part of. And we're yeah. going to be uh, doing some things around this So uh, this this film. It's going to be in theaters the weekend of February 16th. And then it's going to be available on lot, all the streaming services after yeah. that period of time is done and, and, so something yeah, you may and, want to watch you may want to share around and if you feel like you're part of this podcast you're going to feel like you're part of that because many of the people you've seen here and in our curriculum and all that are part of this in fact somebody deeply embedded with vote common good made this whole thing happen so yeah that's a little shout out to you steve oaken um so yeah. and uh, by the way and Doug, steve o- yeah. yeah steve oaken sent me a uh, an email telling me that you had a you had a link that to the documentary that you I should do. share with, you should share with me Oh, I didn't know I could. Okay. Well, yeah, permission yeah. given. All right. Yeah. You can get a you can get a look at it. Um, yeah. So uh look, I, I know for a lot of people they don't know what Christian nationalism is, but just remember back to the day when you didn't know what COVID was, hmm. and now you do. Um, but you know it when you feel it and you can see it by its symptoms, even before you see it by the test. The symptoms of Christian nationalism are alive and well in whole factions of MAGA. And it is one of the deep battles that we are we are in. And we have a bunch of curriculum about that. This documentary is going to help that. And so I just want to let people know in the next couple of weeks, you may be hearing even more about that from our streams. You may be hearing more about it from uh, other media that you consume. Um, yep. And, and I've, I've trusted Rob Reiner since he was the comedic relief point and center point in All in the Family. Mm. And uh, but Rob Reiner JF- having a moment. He's having JF- a moment. That JFK documentary. Whew. 
How did you uh, How did you finish on it? By the way, if you don't know, it's a ten part, nine or ten part, thirty minute long podcast laying out the argument of yeah. who who killed JFK. Yeah, with no the uh, alert, he doesn't believe Rob Reiner does not believe that it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, and done really well by uh, Soledad O'Brien and and Soledad O'Brien Productions. Um, really great job. Um, Super interesting podcast. I think at once it convinced me that Lee Harvey Oswald probably was not involved and was a patsy. And at the same time made me very uncomfortable with the level of conspiratorialness that uh you have to accept to go down that route yeah um yeah i like i i came away both convinced and conflicted yes 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 i felt precisely the same way i don't think lee harvey oswald pulled that trigger he that worked on me now i'm going into it i thought he did changed my mind on that but it just opens up a whole lot of other questions <laughs> yes. that in- implicate a whole lot of other people and is disturbing at a level that I want to just go back into the matrix if it's true. Yeah. So I, I, and, and I don't think it's satisfactor satisfactorily answers the question then, then how did it happen? Who did it and all the rest of it? So, um, so now I'm like, hey, no, no, even no, though, no, not a, even I'm, though they name names, I, yeah, well, that's what I didn't, I, yeah, I couldn't. I, I listened to the podcast and I could not tell you the names of the people that they named. You know, I it, that stuff just didn't stay with me. Yeah, and so I'm I'm comfortable now saying no. I'm not a cons- I'm not a conspiratorialist when it comes to this. I just don't think Lee Harvey Oswald did it. I think the government was involved in other ways. But I don't buy the answers the conspiracy people give you. Now I'm, now I'm in the camp and separating myself from the super crate. I mean, this is just uncomfortable yeah. beyond yeah. belief. Yeah. How 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 thinly are you going to slice the bruschetta? I, I what I what part of the reason I bring it up is yes, Rob Reiner's having a moment on two fronts. Yeah. He's in the news on two fronts. Yep. A conspiracy about JFK's assassination and the threat of Christian nationalism. I don't like those two things being paired up in the person of Rob Reiner. Other than that, I'm very yep. proud of the film. I think it's important. I think it's called God yep. and Country. I think it's great. Um, no matter what you think about the assassination of, of JFK and involvement of Lee Harvey Oswald, this one is nowhere around the... You don't have to be conspiratorially open-minded. Yep. All right. Is that good? That's Thanks, good. everybody. Uh, thank you, Peggy. Thank you, Penny. Uh, thanks, Kimberly. <clears throat> Alex. Jim. Justin feels new uh, to old me. Old man Jim. Oh, Jim and old man Jim. Glad. Barbara. Um. Well, there's a nice yeah. life experience. Barbara, I'd love to hear more of your story. In fact, any of you who are uh, have a story of changing from Republican voting patterns to not Republican voting patterns, we like to tell those yeah. stories. Be in touch with us. Would you, Doug, at votecommongood.com yeah. is my email. Um, and uh, I'd love to be in touch with you or anybody about, about all that. Sorry, yeah. I missed that comment earlier. Must have been in the middle of a very important. Edward, Paul, Trisha. Yeah. 
Thanks, y'all. Uh, uh, we'll be back a bunch of times this week and, and back in regular flow. But then we're back out on the road. And when we're on the road, we, we have great aspirations to do the podcast, but we can't because we live in a house that rolls down the road at 60 miles an hour. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, yeah, get on your goodbye voice. Okay, your sing-song voice is always the bye. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. Uh...